what I expected. Leather bras. What a surprise. All right. Shall we do this? Should we talk about music, music, music? Are you making arch, sarcastic comments about? That's exactly what I expected. <laughs> uh, that would be body type. Not in a bad way. So I went back and... I went back and listened to the episode that we did about Body Type's last album, which was actually mid-December last year. Oh, yeah. Um, so they've, they've quickly rattled out a, um, a follow-up to it. Follow-up, yeah. And uh, I think quickly rattled out might be one of the defining characteristics and one of the prevailing issues with this album. Um, this, these guys would have fitted well into 1998 Triple J week the other week, two weeks ago, uh, particularly the Slater yep. Kinney uh, corner of the building. Um, but I, I, as I say, I think their, their last album, which was um, Everything's Dangerous but Nothing Surprising, had been written pre-lockdown. It was all prepared. It had been polished. It was been processed. It had been yeah. produced. It, it, they'd got it re- nailed down. They'd, they'd clearly, they'd, they were songs that they'd previously written and toured and knew inside and out. And... This album appears to have been... These weren't. <laughs> ...written on a bunch of songs that have been scrambled together since then and have not been toured very much and have not been, you know, that they've clearly not spent anywhere near as much time uh, in the production suite. The vocals sound, frankly, terrible. Uh, it does have a, a little bit of whiff of Be Here Now theory to it in that, um, you know, they're, they're out of good songs. Uh, I thought this was a barely passable indie pop rock album and, like, this is the sort of stuff that I used to get across my desk. Except if I'd had this across my desk at the alley, I would have gone, awesome, get them in. These guys are great because I used to hear this but a lot worse all the time. Yep. But this is like the, that classic four-piece uh, Australian sort of indie rock band. It was like These guys used to grow on fucking trees and they don't really anymore, which is, I guess is why no. they're a little, a little bit getting a little bit more hype than what this album probably warrants. Um, yeah, well, the, one of the things with these, I mean, I, I keep misidentifying these guys as a Melbourne band. I did in, in last week's episode, and I did in last year's review of their first album. They're <laughs> yes, actually, as well. they're actually um, yeah. uh, from Greater Sydney, as, as, as a, il- illustrated by the fact they have a song about Albion Park. Uh, I'm not sure whether there's they've got a follow up talking about the Dapto Dogs, but um, there's there's just a bit too much. There are good songs on this album, but I went back and listened to their the the last album, and the the songs are just better end to end, and there's a bit more thought and a bit more yeah. pacing and a bit more nuance and better hooks, basically. Uh, and 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 in this one, there's a little bit too much kind of Courtney Love bored atonal vocals kind of stuff going on, um, sort of droning and joyless. There are real lockdown vibes to this album. There's in the, one of the tracks, one of the better tracks on the album is "Miss the World." Oh, I, I do wonder how this would have gone with another six months gestation yep. or a different producer or just – it was just missing a, a piece. A producer. Like, and not a little piece. It wasn't like, oh, just, you know, polish these few songs up and it would have been great. It was like, the bones are here, but yeah. – yeah. Well, you know, compared to the previous album, there, there was so much more spit and polish put into the production of it, the, the, the la- layering of the vocals and – what, they've taken a bit more time and patience with it, whereas this feels a bit more frantic and a bit more and, – and some people will dig that. Some people will prefer that kind of, you know, unpolished energy. But I don't – having seen what they're capable of when they spend a bit more time and go back and, and polish it a bit more, you know, it, it doesn't quite work the same kind of way. Mm. 
You know what it was better than, though? What was it better than? It was better than Last Man Dancing. <laughs> now, your man Jake Shears. <laughs> I have to say, my expectations <gasps> of this were sheer nonsense. And I think yeah. the- uh, but it was boring sheer nonsense. That's that's my main vibe with this. Is like I put it on this afternoon uh, while we're having dinner, and Vanessa's like, oh, you've, you've gone back putting old school disco on. I'm like, no, actually, this is... This is an album from a couple of weeks ago. Well, te- technically um, old school in the, you know, 2003 was old school. Because <laughs> it, it, it feels like Sister Sisters. Uh, and in fact, one of the yeah. songs actually still has a writing credit from his Sister Sisters collaborator. Yeah, the first track is called Too Much Music. And given that the album's 50 minutes long, I think there might be too, too much music. Particularly the back half of the album is basically just a continuous dance mix. It's like it, the songs just kind of run, run into each other. It's really stupid. Uh, it's absolutely dedicated to being 1977 fucking riding into Studio 54 on a horse doing several rails of rack. You know, it's, it's very much those kinds of things. But I think in the genre that he was aiming for, old mate Barry Tinsnips mostly lands the plane. It's just that it's not very interesting. It's all been done before. Yeah, I was going to say, I think... I think you could go back and listen to 70s disco albums that have a lot more vibrancy and interest than this. Um, yeah. I guess there was a lot of disco that was this boring at the time as well, but... It probably had more of a wink and a nod, and this felt, you know, I, I, I use the term ironically, he was playing it relatively straight. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, he wasn't... There was no irony or, or pastiche or... Yeah. Like, it was just like, oh, I'd like to make a 70s disco album. Straight up. Okay. Yeah. Um, Another one, yeah. Where Sister Sisters at least did have that kind of... Um, yeah, that wink-wink, kind of arch-piss-tacky sort of, quality to it. Yeah. Not quite, you know, I mean, almost to the extent of Electric Six's first album, which really had that. Um, that's kind of the, the archetype of the piss-tacky disco album. Um, although, technically, the <laughs> piss-tacky disco album with Nirvana grungy guitars. Uh, it is actually... It's Fire's uh, 20th anniversary this year, I believe. Wow. We're old. That's not good. Yeah. That's not good. Fire in the um, disco. Fire in the Taco Bell. He actually, some of the tracks he actually got, there's a collaborator he got in who writes for Mig and the Stallion. So uh, I wasn't expecting a cover of Wet Ass Pussy. But, um... <laughs> there you go. Um, oh, yeah. No. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the review. That, that's the review, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, Palace of a Thousand Sounds. The What It Do uh, Archive uh, which, group. Kawhi's favourite band, potentially, baby. Which you pick for me, and I I have a real specific- And now you're going to leave uh, the country in protest th- for having this picked for you because it was that bad. <laughs> no, no, I actually didn't. Want, like, this is real cinema stuff, right? Like, this oh, is, yeah, a, this yeah. is a movie soundtrack. This is 1960s um, action adventure- you know, James Bond movie yeah, so, without the Bond without the Bond flourishes kind of elements to it. Well, so when I got to high school, I had an English teacher who challenged me to read a whole heap of books. So I just chewed through like authors. Well, you're I, from Queensland. I think being challenged to read at all is probably. A- <laughs> so I'd, I'd find an author, and if I found one book I liked, I would just then go and read all the other books by that author. You know, mm. as much as I get it, and I went through a real Alistair MacLean. Uh, yeah. You know, section and you know the, the way to a dusty death and force from that. Like, and this just sounds like a soundtrack to a, a an Alistair McLean movie that never got made. Yeah, that that's exactly what. Yeah, like you said, a slightly low rent 
um, yeah, not a, not uh, a Bond, Bond movie. movie. Yeah, just a slightly knockoff. I, mean, I went through the same thing with oh, Ian like, Fleming and Robert Ludlum. Less so Ludlum because he was a bit of a hack. Um, Len Dayton. Yeah. I really liked Len Dayton stuff. Um, but yeah, ex- exactly. Oh, and, sort of yeah, thing. like and like yeah, that sort of look. Bond was the glitzy spy, yeah. and this is sound. This is a soundtrack to a slightly more you know down in the dirt spy. You know something a, bit, a little bit more gritty and a little bit more. Um, yeah, more more, like, things more like Len Dayton's fucking would, would, the, the the one that uh, Michael Caine played is it Harry Carter. Ooh. I jumped that. Yeah, Harry yeah, Carter. Yeah. which I think they're remaking this year. Oh um, yeah, yeah, I think they did. The, the weird thing is that in those books, yeah. the dude it was all they were all written from first person, and the character was never named. So it was not oh, right because <laughs> it, it was all. And I, I, I always liked first first person stuff. I always, I always found it more relatable because I'm a simpleton. Um, but yeah, but it does. It did have elements of the Bond bit was that it had elements of like you can see this is the scene on the train, this is the scene on the Orient Express, you know, when they're going yeah. through the Middle East, and you know, this is the scene, you know, and that was beautifully done and really, really um, well, well created, and it doesn't really serve any purpose beyond that. But this is what I wonder, right? Movies like that are out there. Like, they're making that remake this year. Why not just soundtrack the remake? Why make this album? Why not go and hire yourself out to a movie studio and make shitloads more money for this album? Because Is this the this failed pitch, album. though? Maybe this is the failed pitch for the uh, uh, maybe for the movie that they, they wanted to make. Yeah, maybe, maybe they were making a movie soundtrack and the movie got canned. Um, well, somebody else got the deal. Yeah, yeah somebody else got the deal. Or well, Blur, I, like I always talk about that... Blur had a Bond song that they wrote and got was it didn't Blur get the gig or was it got fucking, a and, No, it was fucking um, Pulp. No, was it Pulp? Pulp, yeah, Pulp. Sorry, my bad. I Which mean, is a really great Bond song. Um, disagree. I'd have thought it was shit. Oh, okay. I quite liked it. You're wrong. But then again, there hasn't been a good Bond song since I don't know. Fucking went keen on the Soundgarden one. Oh God, no, no, that was just that was just Chris Cornell. Even Goldeneye wasn't think of that, that good. I suppose it had that kind of Shirley no. Bassey quality to it. Vale Tina Turner, who passed away a few weeks ago, it did at least have a kind yeah, of a, I- um, a Shirley Bassey quality to it. So it, it felt like Diamonds Are Forever, 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 or Goldfinger. But it, um, but which made sense because it was the first Bond for a, you know like seven years or so. So it, it did kind of feel like yeah. it came back. Yeah, Bond's a Bond's a funny, a funny franchise. It'll be interesting to see where they go. Like they've sort of been through. All the modernization. Yes, the gritty, you know. Grit, the grittiness. Yes. The, and funnily enough, another franchise has sort of popped up and taken its wink, wink, nod, nod. Yes. Uh, dumb sexiness. So yeah. they can't even they can't even really go back to that. They've you know? been fucking wedged. They've been pincered by <laughs> your, bo- your born style Uber action movies. That even, even fucking awesome Tom Cruise chucking himself off hills on, on motocross bikes. Oh, um, yeah. Yep. Because, I mean, they've- you know, relatively quietly, he's made he's made his own Bond series out of that, really. Uh, and on the Pretty other much. side, your Kingsmans and your, you know, your more wink wink nudge nudge kind of yeah. Even even your even your Austin Powers, like yeah. Austin Powers made made the Bond villain stroking the cat basically untenable. Yes. Right? You couldn't do you couldn't do that sort of guy anymore. Yeah. Uh, Although the last it, the, my the last Bond movie I really really enjoyed was the most Roger Moore-y of all of them, which was 
of the bronze of the Brosnan ones, which was Tomorrow Never Dies with the ludicrous fucking Rupert Murdoch style media magnate trying to start wars for ratings. You know, a media magnate, yeah. Was that was that was a was that a was that a Scandinavian actor or was that no, it was Jonathan Casino Price? Royale? I, think. I was Casino- it was Jonathan Price. Jonathan Price, yeah. Casino Casino Royale was the one I watched recently that had a had a, a Mads as the bad guy. Um, the, the, the funny thing, like to bring this back to music, is the, the funny thing is is the Bond soundtrack and motif still gets me, even if the movie's not really sort of what I'm looking for. And I watched that. I watched Casino Royale, and there was there was some good bits in it, but it's just like uh, I, I can just feel that the Bond stuff does it a lot better, and you're not getting. Like that, you know. He's for whatever whatever Craig's strengths were, rolling around looking like he was enjoying having sex with women is not one of them. No, like the dude well, well, totally looks like he's acting. His Craig, um, you know, his Bond always felt like he was the result of you know traumatic childhood abuse. Like he played James mm. Bond as though he was a a broken character, damaged, and I think yeah. to the end he was a damaged character. Uh, which is kind of why yeah. I'm glad that they killed him off, essentially. But Casino Royale was the first James Bond book, and it had never really yeah. been made into a movie because of weird rights things, whereby it hadn't been packaged up with the other Fleming books. And so it was the first time anybody had had, had a crack at actually making a good James Bond movie out of Casino Royale. And that's why I quite liked it, because it was true to the book and it was interesting how they'd phrased it, and Eva Green's a babe. But- when they yeah. just and then oh, they started but, writing but, their own stuff, that didn't fucking work. I mean, the plot in the in the the following one uh, was nonsense, and like, the rest of it was just, it was just Scott, nonsense and fucking. Skyfall's okay, but it's it's fucking I, nonsense I and Skyfall. soap opera. It didn't really feel like Bond at all. Yeah, like just to bring it back to music, like the the theme that theme just still and even motifs off the theme just still works. Yep, and this is where I think Marvel of sort of shit the bed is. Like, I cannot bring a Marvel sort of overarching theme to life. Like, you know, you can always bring a Star Wars theme to life or probably even Jurassic Park. You can probably bring that theme, you know, to, to mind. But I just cannot, for the life of me, think of a bit of music that just makes me think of any Marvel character at all. So, the characters um, don't have their own little characteristic twiddles? They do, but it's it's they're very, oh, I don't know, generic. Um like, you know, we went and saw the Spider-Verse movie uh, on the weekend and the, those two movies, absolutely, like the guy that wrote that soundtrack who also did, ah, oh, he did something else that's really good. But he's a like a really good soundtrack writer and like all the stuff in there is so fucking sticks in your brain. Like, you know, the boys just go around sort of singing the theme all the time. And th- that's what I think good soundtracks sort of have to do, right, is- give you that musical cue to remembering what happened in the movie, mm. um, which is why I think that th- this this album, like I, I almost was having cues to spy books that I'd read, like, <laughs> like oh, I can just imagine this song being played while, you know, the guy's driving along the coastline of France in the in the car that he saw. Like, like that's how evocative this, the, this sort of music was. I don't know whether I loved it as an album, like, just as something to listen to. Yeah, like, that, that's kind of I where, almost, I, where I ended up with it, was that I, I enjoyed it as an achievement, but it wasn't- it, I couldn't ever see myself putting it on just, just no, for a listen. pulling it up and going- And that's- Like, there are soundtracks that I will pull up and listen Unless to. Unless you but- literally need some incidental music to soundtrack some stuff you're doing, like- 
I've got I've got forty five minutes to work on a project that I need to I need to I need to, I need to write an assignment or I need to do something. Um, yeah, maybe. Hmm. Uh, anyway, Doc, that was a uh, an interesting trio of albums, shall we say? Yes. Um. Not not boring. Ho- hopefully, there'll be some crackers to um to come back to in three weeks' time. Yeah. So you're off for a couple of weeks. You're off to Denver to um to hang out with the Yokish brothers. Um. Next week, Adam is on the show with us, and uh, we're going to do a couple of albums. Uh, he has selected, independent of anything that you have suggested, he suggested doing the new Foo Fighters album. Oh, my God. So, we're going to do that. Thank God I'm on the other side of the world. That's all I can say. Uh, they have Foo Fighters there, too, you know. Uh, I seem to recall the last Foo Fighters album we did was workmanlike and pretty good. It was, like, it was decent. It wasn't, it wasn't unpleasant. Yeah, it was okay. It was a unit of, yeah. you know, it was a unit of fast food. You know, it was pleasant enough. It was like compared to it was well like made, well made like Red Hot Chili Peppers or Faith No More yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah like probably much better than those. The wrinkle with this one was is if it's an album of grief, then it might be yeah, it, it might be a little bit cynical. Oh, of course, yeah. So that that's my concern. Um, uh, I'm to see how that turns out. So I am picking the new album by a band called Dozer, which is like a these guys were Swedish stoner <laughs> rock doom metal kind of dudes who were big-ish in the mid aughts, but haven't actually done an album in quite a long time. So they've kind of come back, and this is sort of a comeback sound. Uh, basically, I needed something as a as a palate cleanser after all that fucking Foo Fighters. Hey, does does Adam know that there's a new Matchbox Twenty album out though? Don't give him ideas. I'm I'm, sh- I'm shocked. He's going Foo Fighters when there's Matchbox Twenty on the board. Jeez, Adam, <laughs> maybe he's saving that for week two. Well, that is true. It depends whether he wins the Joker or not. I suppose uh, the Joker will be a seven piece ludicrous Sydney metal band called Battlesnake. Of course, why not? Uh, and that's what we've got for this week. And we'll see what happens next. Uh, we'll, we'll pick for other right. ones. And, and when you, the, the albums that we have, uh, when you come back, we'll announce on a future episode. Well, I was hoping to do a live music review when I came back. We were going to go to a EDM slash rave in the sort of festival part of the conference that's either side of the sciencey bits, but it's the night before the, the sciencey bit starts and, the main act would probably go on at 1am. <laughs> and it's like, uh, I don't know if I'd be able to function going to bed at 2am and then getting up and doing the thing that I'm actually here for. So, yeah, unfortunately, we're skipping that one. No, and you're not going to go out and check out the Cletus band at Red Rocks, wherever they were? Oh, yeah, they're, they're real. I had to listen to them. They're really fucking Cletus. And they're playing the whole, pretty much the whole time we're there. It's fucking disappointing because that looks like an awesome place to watch music. It looks really, really cool. Well, the only um, time, I, the only thing I've seen of it was they had a long shot of it when uh, there were the NBA finals were on in um, in Denver, and they said, "Here's is Red Rocks." I'm like, "Holy shit, yeah. that thing looks amazing! It literally looks like it's been yeah. made out of enormous red rocks." Yeah, it's it's like chunked into the into the hills, into the um, yeah. into the hills. I'm gonna go like that. The, the, the you know the the all the sporting teams in Denver. That's their preseason thing. You know, you go and run the go and run the steps at Red Rock. So I'll go and I'll go and give that a go. But yeah, I don't know if I'm down for the hit the hillbilly hick the music, Cletus music. Uh, well, yeah. if you're over there for long enough, you'll be uh, you'll be indoctrinated. <laughs> and, and look, anything's better than American EDM. So that's also true. I could have seen Flaming Lips. Oh yeah. Uh, 
at the festival the, with a couple of others, but it was, it was pretty exy. It was like 130 US dollars. And I'm like, oh, I like the flaming lips. I don't know if I like them that much. Yes. Um, so, yeah. All right, Doc. Well, I'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Yep. Say hi to Adam for me. I shall do that. And, and, uh, and uh, have a good time and uh, enjoy America. Try not to get shot. And if you get bored, maybe we should uh, write a spy movie together to go with that soundtrack. Yeah, we'll you know, do, do it backwards. Have these sort of video game adaptations. Yeah. We'll, write, we'll write the songs yeah, and, then, right. and then, well, then write the script. But it, listen, that, that was how fucking Kid Koala ended up doing a, a kid's board game was because he wrote some music and then decided he was going to do that. So maybe that's not, maybe that's not the best plan. Yeah. All right. All right. Catch you on the flip side, Doc. Cheers, mate.